Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. Tonight we got John Braz, who is a former liberal room uh, war director, war room director, sorry, uh, and Bill Hutchison, former journalist, competitor, and now a professor over at Seneca. Hello, guys. I can't hear myself. Oh, there I am. It's really weird when you can't hear yourself. Um, Okay, let's start with the NDP being accused by the liberals. (coughs) Sorry, I have to choke that one out. Uh, Having a too cozy of a business relationship with the unions. So apparently they had formed a business uh, back in the day. Eight unions teamed up with the NDP backing them. And here is Andrea Horvath's reaction to the allegation by the liberals on the campaign trail today. This is clip one. Okay, here we go. I, I, I can't believe it. That's a serious attack from the Liberals against the NDP. I mean, this is a government, a, a party that spent its time in government, you know, cutting deals with uh, various uh, interest groups uh, to try to help them politically. So I, I completely dismiss uh, any accusations from Ms. Wynn on, on that file. Bill, pot, meats, kettle, black. <laughs> Nonetheless, it, it might be not be illegal, but it sure as hell is unethical. Well, certainly, Cornerstone was uh, created. That's the name of the organization. Cornerstone was created by the NDP and the unions back in 2009. And Cornerstone is the one that uh, guaranteed the $6 million loan that the NDP needed for the last election uh, to run their campaign. So for Andrea Horvath to say, well, no, there's nothing here. Obviously, there is. She is in tight with the unions, and and she's going to give them what they want, which is the no back-to-work uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's basically going to unionize the entire workforce in the in the oh, province. She's going to you know expand the number of weeks that you get off, and that's lovely, but that's somebody else's money. That's somebody else's business. On top of all the other legislation, she's going to continue to raise the minimum wage. So, you know, uh, it's not surprising that, that they're in tight. John? All three of the parties fight for the unions, interests, support, money, membership, votes, time on well, election the P- well, day. Well, the PCs go after the private unions, which I don't put in the same category as the, the public sector the unions. Conservatives have traditionally gone after the firemen's union. They've yeah, gone that, after the, police well, unions. No. They've gone after some of the manufacturing unions and, in fact, have gotten them some of the Have they formed any business par- partnerships with them? Well, they certainly have done have all sorts business of business with Unless you actually have they formed a business partnership with them? Well, I don't know. Is that to backstop their campaign? Is I don't know. When the unions are backstopping your campaign? I'm not, as you might have noticed, defending any of them on this front. I am merely suggesting that it is a free-for-all for for union support, you know? Union workers put up signs. Union workers seem to often be able to take the entire day off on Election Day paid to go and move people in cars or distribute leaflets. Yeah, and we pay for and we By the way, and we pay as private taxpayers. We pay for that, and I have a problem with that. And I just got a call today from uh, Smokey. Uh, over at Opsu, because uh, as, a, as a professor, I'm part of that yeah, union, yeah. calling me to, to remind me that tomorrow they have uh, a call-in uh, for all members so they can hear the union's platform. I didn't know the union had a platform. <laughs> Seriously, it was How a union platform. platform. I, I want to finally, I, we never do the good news on the show. One of the things, I ran some campaigns out in Durham and a variety of other areas that are union-heavy. One of the things I did observe was union leadership often will have organizational meetings and they will encourage their members or even push their members, sometimes even incentivize their members to vote in a specific direction. Less and less did I see that happening. A lot of union members will talk the line, oh, say, I'm, sure, I'm sorry. I, I've been and a member they of go different unions. and vote. 
their own conscience. I've been a member of different unions that have spent money campaigning against my interests. And by the way, and, if, if, and by the way, in the media, and I'm not unionized, thank God, but I, I find it a huge conflict of interest for the media to be part of a union that is actively campaigning in an election. It is, it is so wrong. Uniform, I, yeah. It is They're, incredibly yeah. wrong, and it's a, it puts journalists in a very uncomfortable position. And I brought position. that up yeah. at a, a union meeting a couple of years ago, actually, the federal election, during yeah. the federal election, I said, you are out there advocating for one party and against another party, and Speaking how do I, yeah. as a journalist, uh, maintain my neutrality? I, I did find it interesting that Andrea Horvath didn't say the word union. She said special interests. Yes. Of course. It's all nuance. It's all spin. And that, here's that's... the good news. I don't think anybody's listening. Well, you know, that's unfortunate because in, in eight days, we're going to make a decision that could have a massive transformation, not just a change, but a, a frightening change if they do, if they keep going unchecked. And that brings me to the next, uh, you know, topic, which is, you know, Horbath under fire again, again, again over these extreme candidates. The, the one in my riding of, of um, I almost said Trinity Spadina, of... Um, St. Paul, you know, using a slur to to comment on the police chief. And I don't care what her ethnicity and background is. It's not acceptable. It speaks to character and values. But, you know, this is all met with shrugs of shoulder by Miss Horvath, who seems to kind of giggle all the stuff off. Maybe she understands she'll never win St. Paul's. It, it, no, but she does it every in every <laughs> riding that that happens, and that's happened in a number of ridings. Scarborough Agent Court was the the yeah. uh, Adolf Hitler meme. You know, she just sort of shrugs and say, "Oh, well, it's free speech. Oh, well, we have different viewpoints. Oh, well, she knows that that it, at this point she's almost Teflon that they can." But they don't her. even challenge her on the road. No, they they ask I, one question well, and it's like, "Say, so uh, how do you feel after the latest poll? Your hair I'm looks electrified. awesome. Your hair, that this? blue suit looks so good on you, and maybe not blue, but and then we've well, got look, the she's story coming out. Something. She's speaking of her suits. She's doing something very tactical. Yes, she's doing something very tactical. She's trying not to kick the story. That shrug is tactically sound. You just say, "Eh," and you okay. hope would that, that go, people would that move help on with the PC? next shiny. Would that help with Doug Ford? Can he go? Eh, his, no. Some he gets, of his clients. Some of his. I almost said clients. <laughs> whoops. Uh, some of his candidates. One of them was turf. Even close. one of them was turf. And close. one is questionable, but if you actually put context to it, not even close. None of his candidates have held up a sign that said "F the police." None of these candidates have posted. I smell Adolf a partisan Hitler's defense front in front of me. But you can't. I, Kathleen Wynne his... would have fired candidates over this kind of stuff. Like it, there is something. Yeah, let's going be frank. On. Kathleen Wynne's having trouble finding candidates. Election, though. Right? You know. Uh, so, look. And, and, and a lot of these candidates in the NDP slate. They were names because they didn't expect to win. They were yeah. simply names. Right. That were selected six to nine months ago yeah. when nobody Just to foresaw fill in a, a space. Patrick Brown, which led right, us but to, that Doug speaks to organization. Ford, which led us to an orange crush. What and looks when, like an orange crush as a reaction to Doug Ford. I mean, let's face it, the conservatives have had fifteen years to get their organized and take over government on Ontario and they come up with Doug Ford and people are taking a second look and they don't but like it. But at least it. the candidates, if you actually put a bench of his candidates he's versus got theirs, a stronger they bench. Very strong. Strong. No question he's got a stronger Christine bench. Christine Elliott, Rod Phillips, Peter. Yeah, you don't have to sell it to me. Uh, yeah. I do not There's want to be, I don't want this province run by social justice warriors. I, I literally, it scares me. And it Andrea Horvath was asked, who's going to be in your cabinet today? And she said, oh, everybody's, everybody's going to, you know, is in contention. Yeah, who would you so make the AG? Those, would you make Mr. I don't think they call it a cabinet don't they call it a Politburo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you get you get the, the, the or, prize for or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, 
uh, uh, Barbary had the exact same problem when he came in. And all look how of a sudden, that turned he found out. himself standing alone, <laughs> looking you. up and down the aisle, going, oh, my God, there is not a minute of governmental experience. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but there wasn't much. Uh, and so Andrea will have that challenge, but I will also suggest that people seem to be moving towards her and the die seem to die seems to be cast. Heaven help if us. You, if you dig down in the polling, all of those polls, women who were inclined or thinking about voting for the conservatives are flipping right over the Liberal Party. Okay, but who's worse, Doug so, Ford or oh, no, Hitler? Like a Hitler, someone who like has an about, admiration for Hitler. Okay, well, let's not go to Godwin's law. Let's not follow suit and invoke Hitler and, and go no, to Godwin's No, but someone law. put a meme up with adoration of Hitler. Who yeah. would you rather have in, in, in Queen's Park? Doug Ford, who you hate, or someone who has an adoration uh, for Hitler or calls a, a black police chief a a racial but story. But Andrea Horvath, most people are not reading this minutiae. Well, they are just trying to get their kids home from school and pay for summer camp, etc. And they're looking at these they three people. And Doug Ford continues to look like an overfed waterfowl even, who cannot achieve flight. Even even if you don't even if you don't look at these questionable candidates, look at the platform. Yeah. Which is seven million. And how unworkable it is. We'll talk talk about the platforms. Well, we'll talk about platforms coming up. I've got to take a quick break here. And uh, the PCs put out um, something of a platform today. We'll talk about that. Is it enough? Do people care? That next year on point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We are into Counterpoint, Bill Hutchison and John Mraz for the Wednesday regulars. Let's talk about platforms because the PC released what they are calling their platform. It is simple, not all that detailed, certainly not with the numbers, um, and, and it's not a costed platform. Uh, I'll start with you on this, John. Do you think everyday people actually care about this, or is it just a bunch of noise from pundits and, and media? So I'd say two things. I'd say all three platforms, which I've looked at summarily, don't mm-hmm. seem to be costed effectively. I actually trust the criticism of each party over the other two parties more than I trust the numbers of any given party. And I don't think Ontarians, any that I talk to, trust the numbers on any of the platforms. Here's an issue. Let's go to the second point that mattered last week. Last week, Doug Ford said, and rightly so, let's have beer and wine in the corner stores. Now, this reminded me of Mike Harris and Photo Radar. It's an issue. Everybody understands. You live up in the countryside. You're right now driving 22 kilometers to go get beer from either the grocery store or the beer store. But there's a corner store a kilometer away from your house where you could get beer and wine. And... Kathleen Wynne comes out, I have no idea why, maybe some union involvement, and says, absolutely not cultural shift. Have you not been on vacation for a poutine and a bread door in Quebec? It's been going on for 40 years there. There was no cultural shift, aside from the fact they drink pine beer, which is kind of gross. So I thought Andrea Horvath, big opportunity. Not only is she not for it, might even well, of course want to not for it. She might want to pull it out of the grocery stores. So Bill can't buy his what was it? Candy bar candy bars and beer in the same aisle anymore. So that's an issue people relate to. When they hear ten billion, they hear eight billion, they hear promise this, they hear promise that. I assure you, I don't think any voter believes any of the three of this troika. But I look at it, Bill, and I say Who cares about costed platforms when no one actually knows what the numbers are? You have the liberals who, uh, uh, you know, put out a platform based on their budget, which was apparently $7 billion off. And then you've got the NDP costed platform that bragged and bragged and bragged about, but it was $7 billion off. They used discovery math uh, figuring that out. okay, but no one actually has any working numbers that actually add up. So who are they to criticize Ford for not having it? I, I don't like any of it, but... 
I, I read the platform today that they put out, if you want to call it a full platform. Uh, and yeah, okay, it, it goes through some of the promises and what they're going to cost. And they say, well, he didn't say how he's going to pay for it. Well, he's been saying the same thing since he was running for the leadership. He's going to find 4% efficiency in government. You got a $160 billion budget. 4% of that is $6.4 billion. Add up the promises that they made in that, and it's about 6 to $7 billion. He's just paid for it that way. He's been telling you all along, I'm going to find 4% efficiencies in, in the government. And he can do that. That's not a hard a hard, uh, difficult uh, task to, to do. In, but they in have not pushed back on the narrative of these cuts, 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 cuts. They just haven't. And, and, which is and, ridiculous because the everybody, hopefully everybody recognizes that it, it's absolute lies and spin from the NDP to say, he's going to lay off 20,000 nurses. That's nonsense. Everybody knows that's nonsense, hopefully. They're not buying that kind of, uh, of fear. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we'd have costed platforms. I just don't think the everyday people care. I just really don't. But if you look at some everyday issues, look at the child care. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. uh, you his know, child care makes sense. His child care does make sense because the NDP only wants you in, in government-run licensed daycare. That's like 20% of, of the kids out there. So the other 80% will have to uh, you know, tough it, it out. It does not work for someone like yeah. me who works nights. My husband works days and, and he is racing exactly. home there's to get there in time or he has to pay extra. Or, flexibility. Yeah. You, can, you can have a nanny. You can have a babysitter down the road. You can have someone who looks after your kid in the evenings or the weekends, which you cannot do with the NDP or the Liberal platform no uh, promises for, for daycare. Two, and two that should be points, one of those issues. Two, that, two, two quick points. If you have to explain something in more than two or three sentences, you've probably already lost the war in politics in today's politics, which is meme-heavy, very quick. And number two, if the Conservative Party are not interested in making cuts and the basic premise of being a Conservative is having a smaller government, then I don't understand the premise. Naturally, the Conservative Party have been saying, and perhaps rightly so, the government has gotten too large. Well, in yeah. a variety of sectors, it has. So there, but not in the front lines. It's all fat cat executives. Facto, Hundreds Doug of thousands Ford, of jobs created by the Liberals is, have been government jobs. Would make some cuts. But, right, but to what? you can do so by just getting rid of all the overpaid pencil pushers. Literally, you know, they shouldn't call them platforms. They they should call them generally unfinanced ideas that I have <laughs> when I go to sleep at night. <laughs> Last point, too, because I want to talk green energy. Speaking, well, I'm talking about yeah. green energy. The, the NDP promised uh, to buy back Hydro One. They promised uh, to get billion. rid of the nuclear power plant Pickering and, and the other ones as well and get rid of the gas fired power plants. It's all rainbows and unicorns with their hydro plant. But if you look at their platform and say, how are they going to pay for that? In that line where, where yeah. they're supposed to tell you. No data. Yeah. It's and that, that's N-A, like, not again, available. she has never been pressed on it. She said she'll lower hydro bills by 30% and buy back hydro. And you know she said, I have no data. And oh, oh well, she's just going to take hear. her clothing budget and, and pay for it that way. Well, you know, hey, that's sexist, Bill. That's sexist. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's. Oh, I spend more money on clothes than she does. Yeah, it, I bet it's she not does. sexist. Yes, but, but the way it was claimed as travel expenses and office expenses, I'm sorry. Is that wrong? Yeah, talk to, when, talk when to you're the CRA a, when you're a working girl, it's a taxable gotta, benefit when you get, get in touch with my accountant. Yes, talk anyway. to CRA. Um, let's talk a little bit about the green energy because this is why we are talking about hydro at all. We learned through Global News they got thousands of documents that literally, if you read them, you will gag. Um, they were warned over and over and over by their own advisors about green energy and that if they rushed it in, it would crush Ontarians. And they ignored their own experts. And George Smitherman apparently came up with his own narrative, made it up, pushed it through, and 
voila, we're And surprise, surprise, the experts were right. Yeah, imagine that. And we, the Auditor General said between 2007 and 2015, we overpaid by $37 billion for our hydro. And by two, 2032, it'll be $133 billion unless something changes radically. So we've got to make some changes. And this is a problem because people want to have clean and green energy. But if it's well, this expensive, it, it, was, it turns it was, everybody off. Is, so they really it, argue it is their own. in point of fact, a nice idea that we would have non-fossil fuel energy that's not polluting the planet for our but kids. 20 but billion, what was the rush? $20 billion so dollars so spent on wind turbines that contribute 4% of our electricity. But it's not $20 even billion that. Dollars that are basically wasted. But I was about to finish. The devil okay. is in the details. And the places that were pointed to, and I remember at the time, because I may or may not have been working at Queen's Park at that time, somewhere around writing, this. Writing talking points for George Smitherman, were you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the places that were pointed at were places like France and uh, Holland, where you have dense populations in smaller geography, and you have greater efficiencies and economies of scale, and so it worked. And right, if you look but, at the subsidies in the green energy industry over in Europe, when right. the subsidies disappeared, the green energy disappeared. Well, let's also remember, Turbines let's run also, they, on they subsidies, not tax on gas but aside at three from times that, the rate we do. The experts within their own party said, hey, it's really expensive right now. Don't rush it through. If you wait a couple of years, you can put windmills and solar energy in for half the cost and Ontarians won't be hurt by it. I don't know what their rush was to do it, but in doing that rushed out rollout to appease, uh, I guess, special interests and make a lot of people rich in the industry, I think they've turned a lot of people off of clean energy. So they've pretty much lost their own fight. I think there was genuine voter interest in all things green for well, a couple were, of election cycles. Well, they were, but they were based on lies. Voters have never voted for the environment. They were lied they to. to the we were lied to. It was yes. all based on lies. supposed to be only lie. 1% increase on your, on your hydro bill. Yeah, it's a little I think millennials that. might be very much thinking about voting, you know, on issues like they the environment think about it, if they, they can get off it. of FaceTime. They right. don't actually go you and know. do it. It's green energy is a wonderful thing, but when you lie to people and it ends up costing twenty billion versus five billion, I'm sorry, I don't want it. But as you said, the technology isn't quite there yet. Right. If you look at what Tesla's doing with the batteries that that you can put in your garage that will power your house, put some solar panels on solar panels on your roof and you you recharge those batteries when the hydro rates are low, that's technology that will actually make a difference. Yeah, but no one buys the first generation of anything because no. it's so ludicrously expensive. Unless you're an Ontario liberal, then you buy it all at top price and everyone gets rich except for Ontarians. Got to leave it there. John Mraz and Bill Hutchison, always a good roundtable with you guys. We'll do it again. And I got you right before the next election. When's the next When's the election? A Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. There Total we go. So Wednesday. Thursdays. Wednesday. You're on point. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.